When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Welcome to the Knapsack Files, broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, where the sun is finally out and Christmas decorations are on the light poles like it's a quaint, small little town where you could raise your family. I'm Ken Napsock, and this is a December Ramble episode. Just me, talking to you. Month has been crazy. The last half of this year, life has been crazy. Let's just say what it is here. So, uh, backlog of guests and everything that I need to get on this show. More interviews, all those things. Dutch Allen's waiting in the wings, trying to do a holiday special. He's been pitching to me for a while. Got to get Nolan Guthrie back here, investigating the mysteries and the unexplained. And I still got a game of, uh, not a game, well, I have a Game of Thrones show. Go to listen to Cash the Talk. A Young Guns show. Young Guns means just as much to me. That's That's been in the work all year. Got the logo, got everything. Uh, got guests. And between writing a book and publishing a book, and then getting a, there's a cool project I'm working on now. I can't tell you all yet. Taking away a lot of my time and the holidays and the holidays and holidays. But I love focusing. On the holidays, we talked about some Thanksgiving memories. We actually brought some friends on uh, via phone call uh, for that show um, on Thanksgiving week. But I was just thinking about Christmas and what jumps out of my uh, out of my mind when 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 I say to myself, "Have yourself a merry little Christmas." What pops to mind? I gotta tell you what pops to mind. I gotta tell you what puffs to mind. A Christmas tree. Getting the Christmas tree. Fortunate enough to be able to do that for as a kid. Now, we didn't go, like, into the forest and cut down a tree. We didn't have that. We had some Christmas tree farms in my neighborhood, in my hometown. And it was like, we're, we're, we're popping uh, the uh, tree on top of a car was the plan, right? We had a Volkswagen van for a while. Then we had a Subaru station wagon, the epitome of cool in 1986, one of those, like, blue station wagons that you used to see roaming around. But time to go get a tree. And it was all excited. It was because I felt, I love forest settings. This is why, when it comes to Star Wars, I think I like Endor. The forest mood of Endor is my favorite place to go in Star Wars because I just like the smell of pine trees. I like pine needles, pine cones. I like big sequoias. I like a, a nice cold babbling brook, maybe a light snow. And the idea of going to a Christmas tree farm was a weird thing to me at first. But the idea of going and just I felt like I could walk around a forest just for a little bit in my beach community. And we'd head on out. My dad usually take the uh, take the, one of them little tree, little Christmas tree cutters, one of those interesting little saws. I'm not a technical expert when it comes to saws, so we'll call them a tree, a Christmas tree saw. Uh, and then we 
would go out and you you would try to pick, you know, and it just was something special. And you want to find a rounded, the most rounded tree or or the tall tallest tree, you know, based on your limitations that you might have in your in your uh, domicile there. You want to find that uh, the, the typical one. But we, as a family, we had some good trees. We also kind of had a little bit of a penchant for the Charlie Brown tree. The awkward, gangly, one side not as full as the other side. The top was crooked. I do, I do remember a lot of those trees. Full-sized, maybe, not necessarily a tiny little one. But, you know, it just kind of was our... Our aesthetic, a little bit, I guess, as a family. Not perfect, not the biggest, the fullest, the richest looking tree, but it's standing tall and proud. I guess if that was our sigil, if we were in Game of Thrones, House Knapsack would be a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. But I have a lot of memories of those trees, and I used to love the. I used to love the the tradition of decorating the tree again. You know, you probably have that too if you celebrate uh, Christmas or did celebrate it growing up or had that tradition. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you, you didn't, but uh, go with me here on this one. I it was, it, was, it was a very exciting time that night. Friday uh, evening after dinner, we're going to decorate the tree. All the old boxes would come out, right? And uh, I don't know where my mom would put them depending on what house they, they, we lived in at the time. Uh, most of us was in a, one particular house. This kid, I don't know, there was like an attic. The boxes came down and the decorations came out and, and we didn't add or change to a lot of the decorations as a kid, as far as I remember. So it was this real, like bringing out your old friends. This weird Christmas ornament ball with the little needle that poked me that you could hang from the tree. Like I missed it. I would hate it when it went away. My sister and I would uh, take turns. We'd help. We'd decorate, and you know, you got to find the the right branch to put a de- certain decoration on. If it's too heavy, uh, how deep do you go? What's the strategy? And it just was a fun night, a fun memory. And then the angels would go on top of the tree. That was our tradition. And my sister and I, um, you know, there's only one top of the tree. So I think we'd alternate or we'd find a way to work around it, but we would have a little uh, cardboard crafted angels, uh, angel wings, Christmas tree toppers, probably made it some Sunday school event with little pictures of our faces from like second grade, first grade. We didn't update them. Like right now at the at my mom's house, there's uh, probably no tree this time around this year. She kind of retired that, and I agree. After a while, the hassle. Um, but there wasn't up there. There's not like a bearded older me sitting up there. Right now. So now that I think about it, I do want this. Maybe one more go around with the tree, but we would decorate it and, and just uh, a silly time, laughter. But that's the thing I remember more than anything. And then the second thing was I loved, I was just telling this to my friend Billy Patterson the other day. I loved, I would... <laughs> gather once the tree was up presents around it or not and i'm i also side note was the type of kid that just i don't know about you all out there i was the type of kid that did not want to know what my gifts were my mother on the other hand would get these gifts and could not stand that we didn't know 
And it'll be the type of thing like seven days before Christmas. You want to open up one gift? Uh, nah, I'm good. Thanks, Mom. You sure? I think my sister was somewhere in the middle. But then we'd, uh, you know, I, I would pick one. And I didn't go. You know, she didn't She didn't say you, you can only pick a certain gift or stocking stuff or anything. And we weren't, gifts weren't flowing out of our house. You know what I mean? Uh, it was a humble Christmas all the time for us, but... There was options there. My parents worked really hard to make us feel like we were a little prince and little princess around the time of Christmas. Forever grateful for that. But uh, I remember I wouldn't go for like the big gift. I wouldn't go to the big box. I wanted to save that. Delayed gratification. And tis a patient for a good Christmas. A good Christmas morn. And we did open up our gifts on Christmas morning. So a lot of times she would force the issue because she wanted to see the joy on our face. She wanted to see any wish fulfilled or any surprises had to be had. So, you know, I'm not going to fight off a gift, good gift opening experience for too long. So, yeah, I eventually would relent. And then we'd open it. I remember one year opening it some, like, Tonka action figures. Like it really wasn't like, wasn't GI Joe or Star Wars. I'd get those for sure, of course. But like it was a series, a collection of action figures. I was young. I was maybe six, seven, eight, three and three quarter action figures. I want to say they were related to Tonka, but I, out there, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Find them. I have to look online. They were just like generic human figures. It wasn't like I had Luke Skywalker. I had Mechanic Joe. Uh, you no Destro or Cobra Commander. I had Town Banker. I don't know where she got them or why, but I had a few few of them. I remember one year that was one of the gifts I opened up early. Might have been like maybe even a fireman, you know. Oh, okay, it was great. And then she like maybe opened up another one. Uh, um, I think the guy it was like a beige jumpsuit. It was like, did did I just get a, an action figure of the cable repair guy? Or the plumber. And she she pushed the gifts across. Hey, what are you going to do? But in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope I get replacement gifts on Christmas morning. Christmas Eve is always the opening of uh, another gift. But again, morning is just a few ways, days away. Kind of like me and you know Star Wars movies now. I've stopped watching trailers and looking at posters. I've muted all the words. I'm going to see episode nine in a few days at the time of this recording. I'll wait. I'm good. I want to be surprised on that morning. But that was that aside, that's not the memory. This is the silly memory I uh, have and, and a fond memory of something I miss. I would take all my G.I. Joe and Cobra figures. Uh, you know, a good amount. Didn't have, Never had a lot of the vehicles, but I had some. Mostly Cobra vehicles. I'm trying to analyze that. What does that mean? Yeah, mostly Cobra vehicles. Didn't have a lot of Joe vehicles. I had the G.I. Joe oil tanker platform. Anyone have that? It was a big set. I was very excited to get it. I saved up some Christmas money. You get some Christmas money from Grandma, Grandpa, and you, you go out and get a big ticket item, right? I wanted that aircraft carrier, the Sky Striker. I didn't get that. I got the G.I. Joe oil tanker base. It was like a rig in, in the ocean. It was actually part of a good comic run uh, in the old Marvel Comics G.I. Joe there. It's where they interviewed the, uh, or, or, or debuted the uh, the little new Cobra boat that come around and the G.I. Joe Devilfish, ooh, which I was, you know, couldn't root for that. It had the word devil in it. 
they had this like rig in the middle of the ocean, and that was like the GI Joe base at the time. So that's what I had. I had Cobra tanks and helicopters, the bad guys, the terrorists. I had all their stuff because they're just they just look cooler. I had the GI Joe uh, ocean based tanker base. What? So I take all my figures into vehicles I did have, mostly Cobra. And I'd gather around the tree, and every year I'd have a, a continuing, ongoing story that Cobra or G.I. Joe, they'd alternate. Maybe it was like a castle. They took it, it was like Jerusalem and the Crusades. One side took it over, and the other side took it over. And in this Christmas tree was a, you know, it was like a Rockefeller Center tree, I guess, just the size of, of you know, the Empire State Building. Uh, there'd be a secret base in there. And so... You could fly a helicopter into uh, a little more open part of the tree. So I like those Charlie Brown trees. You could park your tank underneath the tree. There's a swimming pool, you know, tree water. Um, ways to get up. Ways, and then you had fights. You'd have scenes. And then I never. I was one of those kids. I would have good action sequences with all my figures. GI Joe is one I played with mostly. Yeah, I have a bunch of Star Wars figures in my past. GI Joe is the one I'd pull out and have episodic adventures. That's how you know, might know your kid's going to end up trying to be a writer of some sort. Does does your kid take their toys and turn them into little ventures or just uh, you know, have some self-sustaining, uh, in-the-moment adventures with their toys? I had, even with my Legos was the big one, space Legos. Ooh, I had character names and plot points, twists. I never would write it down. It all was in my mind. But G.I. Joe would do it every Christmas. I'd have this continuing adventure of the giant tree base. And carried on until probably I, I had to put them away. But I bet you now, if I had the opportunity, I'd pull out those figures and continue the adventure. That, for whatever reason, is my biggest, perhaps warmest, Christmas memory. Which is why I love these holidays. There's these little things that you're going to connect with. things, Things you... You don't think so at the time. I talked during the Thanksgiving memories of, of the smell of Thanksgiving, of, of staying up in my great aunt and uncle's cabin and, and, and house up in Green Valley Lake and smelling the coffee and feeling the coffee, feeling the warmth. That was valuable. That's important. But at the time, I didn't feel it, right? It was just something I, I, I connected with and, and felt happiness from. Years later, I look back. Playing with my G.I. Joe and Cobra figures in the 80s, is that's not abnormal. I have a lot of... I wouldn't say memories, but just things that are still in my mind. Yeah, I remember doing that, but a memory, a memory is something that you hold on to. It is that. It is the Christmas tree being decorated, being selected, my family often getting a Charlie Brown tree, and that Charlie Brown tree being perfect for my G.I. Joe adventures. I don't get together with my family as much. My mom at one point a few years ago just kind of called up and said, hey, uh, kind of canceling Christmas this year. <laughs> it was just too much effort as, as her and my dad get older, you know, and they're they're doing fine, great shape, uh, both around seventy. They're good. They're they're going. They're working hard. Things trip them up every now and then, but very proud of what uh, especially my mom's doing with exercise. She teaches exercise classes. It's not like that part of age is getting down, but it just was like a weird moment of you know you don't need to come up here all the time. Do if you want. We're not gonna do a big party. No food. Putting away the tree. And on one hand, it was sad. But on the other hand, it just made sense to me. Maybe that's why I'm 
her son. But just the idea of, no, nah, that's been, that's all locked away. We don't lose any of the memories. Maybe one more time we'll pull it all down. Maybe one more time we'll do it. What are your Christmas memories? What did you remember specifically? And what weird toys did you get for Christmas? I swear to the maker. It was this line, early 80s, Tonka-based. I only say because Tonka and Tonka trucks were very popular. I don't know if they still are. I doubt they are. I have to look at the toys that made us. But I would, I would give anything to find those figures again. Ah, yes, all my G.I. Joe figures, all the, the Transformers, all the Star Wars figures that I sold at that fateful garage sale in about 1986. I'd like all those back. Pre pristine prime condition. But I want those Fisher Price Tonka type of generic figures. We need to make a line of three and three quarter figures. Oh, I mean like army guys? Space wizards? No. The mailman. Yeah. That makes sense. Share your memories with me. Reach out on Twitter, I want to know. It is also the time of year where all the hearts and minds of everyone turn to a pointless, silly debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It is. It isn't. It is. It isn't. I don't care. It's a great movie. It's one of my favorites. But every year it happens. Every year, this action movie full with terrorists, bank-robbing terrorists, Competent FBI members, overzealous media looking for a salacious story, and, of course, marriage drama, and the best chauffeur driver in the business. It all collides in this fun adventure. It's fun to watch, fun to experience, and then the debate rages on. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't get involved with that. Don't be, in fact, this is the year. I want all of us to work hard. If you have people in your life that do it or you yourself do it, don't worry about it. Don't get involved in the diehard debate. Don't keep that going. Let's have this year be the year we finally shut that away. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, yet Die Hard is. Is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a Christmas movie? Or is it not? It kind of is. I kind of feel it is, but it's not. It's set around Christmas. Those silly, cheesy, over-the-top Christmas movies are Christmas movies. I want the debate to end. I don't want to have to mute that word. And I finally muted a lot of words related to Star Wars and Game of Thrones, some of them permanently. I don't want the conversation to be in front of my face. I'm not being grouchy about it. I'm just, I think we need to find something else to debate about every Christmas. That could just be me. We take a quick break here on the Knapsack Files. It's a December ramble, just you and me drinking some whiskey here. The holidays. We're back on the other side of this. Stick around.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back here at the Knapsack House. It's December Ramble. It's just me, a microphone, and you for these holiday seasons as we get geared up and ready for the new year. The idea of the holidays being uh, a big old stress ball is very realistic. How are you all dealing with it here? It's not for me. I just explained. I'm not racing home. I am going to Arizona for Christmas, but... Hey, nothing here's uh, getting to me too much, but it just feels it. There's this intensity at the end of the year. Is it this feeling that you have to get stuff done, that you things you didn't accomplish? 2019 was one of my favorite years. Do you rank years? That, to me, is as weird as ranking space movies. Fun to do every now and then, though. I definitely have had years that I'm like, that's a good year. You're not so much. Cool things happen. And that 2019 for me has been a pretty exciting year. Year, year of growth, year of struggle, but a year of change from that struggle and growth from that struggle. And, and cool things have uh, got to do. Uh, the book being released, number one. Moving in with my girlfriend. Uh, I'd put that at one A and the book one B, right? And then the eh, there's the thing I'm working on now that's really cool that be part of 2020's story, but started here. Really returning to stand-up, all those kind of things. I don't want to start looking back now. I've had a good year. But also, at the end of the year, you start going, start looking around. Start looking around. You got to feel. There's a pressure. You got to get things done. And then, oh, God, we got to leave for a couple days. And then I get that, that. There's a project I'm doing on there. And then and then there's this idea that, well, during, quote, Christmas time or holiday time, you must relax. You can't be working. And if you have to do some, do some work, you get upset at yourself. And you start building the pressure and pressure and pressure and stress, and then you just explode. And you, and you, and you collapse into your Christmas ham. I'm trying to avoid that this year. I want you to avoid that this year. I don't know the answers to avoiding stress. Sometimes I'm Kenny No Bothers, and other times someone turning right slow on the street in a car drives me crazy, and I explode. So I'm not the expert here. I'm just trying to allow myself to enjoy the end of this year. I believe very much in the turning of the page of the new year. You've heard me talk about that here before. You heard her to be part of my uh, broadcasting towards the end of the year on the Napsack Boss. That's definitely the case. A fresh start. But again, I think that starts to be more mental. Uh, a pastor of mine once said years ago, he's since passed away, Pastor Ron Salisbury up in uh, Pismo Beach area, great guy, uh, influential in all aspect of a little time of my life as a writer and when I was starting to move to L.A. Um, he, he had once said something in a sermon of, you know, pe- people always say they have to go find themselves. They have to go somewhere. They have to take a trip. They have to change a relationship, get out of a marriage, out of a job. And all those things are, are might be for you. It might be fine. It might be part of the journey. But he also said, he just said simply, you don't have to go find yourself. You're right here, meaning work on it here. Find it here. So I always seem to find that as the year comes to a close, the twelfth month of this year, it starts to so you feel these pressures, and then you feel as though you have to spend money on gifts, and you have to take time out to go celebrate. Uh, you know, all those things. Like we look towards January first as ah. Uh, 
I was working in the malls, we definitely would feel that because yeah, towards the end of October, you start ramping up for holidays and you got Black Friday and you're working all these hours and it's crazy. And then December, it's a little old. Then all of a sudden, mid-December, everyone remembers they have to go Christmas shopping. And a couple of days before Christmas, it's insane. The day after Christmas is actually worse in terms of foot traffic and action and activity than, than Black Friday. And then I, I just would always be like, I got to get to the second week of January. Then the mall will be empty. And I can be with my thoughts again. And I think that is how we all look at the year. And it's all true and it's all good. That's why I believe in the power of January 1st. But I don't want that to be all uh, we focus on. You can find that change right now. You can find that turn of the page right now at any point in your life. You can catch your breath right here where you are right now. The fine art of Enjoying 10 minutes to relax, uh, the fine art of making time in your day to be by yourself with your thoughts, to do something, be active, five minutes, 10 minutes. That might learn turn to more. Uh, there are no excuses when it comes to, say, like working out. You either make the time for it or you don't. And then I always say don't beat yourself up for it. If you can only get in 10 minutes of cardio and some push-ups and physical activity and health and physical, uh, you know, being in shape is part of your goals or part of what you feel will make you better. And if that's all you can do, that is all you need to do. The same with uh, relaxing and finding places and time to relax and, and decompress and de-stress in the holidays. It might just be 10 minutes. But that's all it needs to be for you right there, right now. I love... It's important to me to come home from a long work day or a long recording session or a writing meeting or something and make sure that I don't just go straight into the next thing I have to do unless I absolutely have to do it. I take 10 minutes, five minutes to plop down on the couch. Take a half hour. Maybe it's a video game. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's staring into the sky. It's important to me to try to get that in every day because then I can deal with myself right then, right now. I can find little comfort spot. I don't have to turn the page the next day. I don't have to wait till midnight. I don't have to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to relax. January 1st, I'm going to make these changes. January 1st, it starts, it starts then. Again, there's a lot of value in that. I actually really do believe there's some mental value in going clean slate. We'll talk about that another time. But as we're locked in it in the middle here, right in the crazy December time, or even if uh, these specific holidays aren't the ones you celebrate or aren't the ones you're worried about, and maybe it's just the end of the year. People got to go. We got a winter break for school. Some, If you kind of work in Hollywood production and creative side stuff, the things start to shut down. And you gotta, we got we to gotta get this done. We got to turn this in because everyone, everyone's going to be on vacation. The stress, the stress, the stress. Take those moments, man. For me, it's about turning off the mind. The best way for me is like is 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 a, is a sports video game that might not work for you. Other video games, like you have to be a little bit more involved. Unless you're playing Red Dead Redemption, get on a horse and just wander around the land. That's that's like relaxing too in its own right. Um, but I'm not super paying attention to uh, my baseball team when I'm playing MLB The Show. I'm just 
going into remote control, playing it out, having some fun, getting frustrated, having some fun, but my mind is working and thinking on other things. And I, my body, my energy is focused on something else. Well, my mind can get the thoughts. This is why I believe in the power of walks. Oh, God, a lot of Knapsack Files content about walks and the power of walks. And if it, again, if it's only 10 minutes, it's only 10 minutes. If you only get 10 minutes to clear your mind, that is 10 more than you had before you started, and that's why it's so valuable. I really do believe in that. I really do. So... As we race towards the end of this year and the end of this holiday season, this holiday crunch, we're all stressed. We're all overwhelmed. We're not sure if anything's going to happen. Are we accomplishing our goals at the end of this year? Are we fitting it all in? Do we have time to go turn it all off and relax with the family, which then also brings another set of stress, stresses and, and concerns? No fault of anyone. That's just what it is. I don't know the answer. I don't know other than take that time. Give yourself the time. And don't worry if you don't have an entire day to decompress. Take what you can give yourself, call it a day, and move on to the next thing you got to fight, the next thing you got to deal with. Let's talk about charities here before we get on out. We've been trying to focus on that here in the Knapsack Files during this holiday season, the end of all the shows. If you go to KenNapsack.com, there's a charity page and some things to focus on. I want to focus today on the Starlight Children's Foundation. 35 years, Starlight Children's Foundation has continued to bring joy and comfort to hospitalized children and their families. Every 30 seconds, a child is diagnosed with a life-threatening medical condition. And this is where Starlight uh, comes in, turns a child's pain, fear, and stress into laughter, fun, and joy, by providing seriously ill children the best entertainment, education, one-of-kind of experiences, because six, they say sick kids are still kids. And this is sponsored here by uh, my friend Stephen Stanton. You might know him as the voice of Amaratus, Tarkin, AP5, and many, many others in Star Wars. Griff Halloran. He's uh, in Star Wars Resistance. I want to hear more of Griff. But that's uh, Stephen. He's great. Become uh, friends with him over the uh, last couple of years. Going back to uh, about the Rogue One time. He came in Jedi Council to, to talk about some things and... Um, good time. Uh, he's really good with all the Star Wars media, his management team, uh, wonderful folks, and uh, spent a lot of time with them. I've uh, been mentored by them, and uh, they work a lot extensively with this uh, foundation, the Charlotte Starlight Children's Foundation, and that's where we're highlighting, uh, why we're hiding, highlighting this right now. You can go to starlight.org to consider more. So, Stephen does a great job of raising awareness of the group. Yeah, they do giveaways, Skype calls, they spread the word. And it was his manager, one of his managers, his management team, uh, his manager, Dutch. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to say uh, he hasn't provided some inspiration for Dutch Allen on the uh, Inside Tinseltown program here. Uh, Dutch always said, you know, if, if I take you on as a client, uh, not to me, but like to anyone, like charity is going to be part of what we do because we're doing, uh, we work hard, we get big gigs, sometimes those come with big paychecks. And we're going to make sure that giving back is just second nature and part of this career path. And that is around the time I decided, you know, even though I'm, I feel I'm sometimes bad at that and I don't, I don't have super big paychecks coming in. I don't have super big, you know, I'm not working on, uh, you know, the biggest projects in the world. It has to start somewhere. My focus has to start at some point. 
for it to be habit later on. So that's when I started the charity tab and the NAPSEC files. It's there. They're highlighted all the time. I always want to do more. And I always want you, if you're a Patreon supporter of mine or just, or you know, if you're a listener and you have something on your mind, um, reach out, go to my website, contact me, Patreon supporter, uh, go through Patreon. And if you want something we want uh, highlighted, let me know. Uh, Starlight Children's Foundation, check it out, real close to uh, Stephen Stanton's heart. So therefore, it is close to our heart here on the Knapsack Files. We're almost out of here. This is just me. This is me. This episode, let me tell you what this episode is. It's me practicing what I just preached to you. I feel bad that I can't give you all uh, interviews. I can't really do all the full shows right now. Just the holiday crunch and, and, and things I'm working on and time frames and everything. So I've been missing some normal release times, uh, missing my two episodes on the Knapsack Files feed a week while I also try to do the Force Center casually talk ones afternoons and I'm getting overwhelmed, right? I'm getting overwhelmed. This is all I can give you today. And that I have to be okay with. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. Whatever it is, I don't get hung up with what's on a Starbucks cup. I'll say... To you, happy holidays. I want to thank everyone who supports me on Patreon, particularly my executive producer tier, Thomas Rizling, Lethal Logan Expedor, Kyle Harlow, Matt Thompson, Tamor Abdul, and Rafi, the brothers Buta, Donald Long, Nathan Ovendale, Zach Anderson, Ty Schallenberger, Lalomi, Chad Benefield. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all your support on uh, patreon.com slash Knapsack. I uh, will uh, do one little bit of housekeeping. Don't forget, if you still want to pick up uh, Why We Love Star Wars, available in German or the audiobook version, you can go do that. Uh, a lot of places on the Internet, if you want a direct copy and I can get it mailed out in time, I can sign one, go to my website. I am selling them through there. Uh, and a special shout-out to everyone who came out to the Schmodown Spectacular 4 event this past Saturday in downtown Los Angeles. I don't go often, but when I do, I always have a good time. And we had the Fan Expo, the first ever Schmodown Fan Expo. A lot of fun. I was able to uh, uh, sell a lot of copies of the book, which is great. But that allows me to personalize them and chat with you all a second. Sold some of the trading cards, the collector cards, which are also on the website. Uh, Beyond just selling stuff and selling merch, it was fun. It's always fun. A great reminder to get in front of the people that make my career possible. I want to thank all of you who came out and all of you who took the time to chat with me, whether it was sober or not. <laughs> Shout out to our good friend Jillian, who uh, was uh, talking to me later on uh, after the after show, after the event, great conversation about her being a Dodger ball girl uh, and all these things. And later tweeted out that it was, it was alcohol that finally made her chit chat with me. Um, you guys, if you're at an event, if I'm at an event, come up, say hi, let's talk. Cause I ain't anything more than you. Just a guy trying to get through the holidays and enjoy a good time. So uh, that is that. We're almost out. I have another live appearance for the end of the year, December 22nd. Be a part of the Black Series Rebels live taping. Post-Rise of Skywalker screening. They're doing a screening in Burbank uh, earlier in the day. And coming over to Flappers Comedy Club, downtown Burbank, doing kind of a show, live taping, discussion. Emma Fife will be there. Other special guests being lined up December 22nd, 5 p.m. If you're local, check it out. Go to their website for more information. That is it for now. We're getting on out of here. I got things to do. You got things to do. Thanks for spending some time with me. It's a Knapsack Files December Ramble. We'll see you next time.